This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk. Back again with you guys for another episode of what is the Arsenal Transfer Show. Joining you every morning at 8 a.m. UK time. Hope you're doing good. Hope you're doing well. It's match day. Arsenal play against Brighton today in what will hopefully be a great opportunity for Arsenal to pick up three points and again put the pressure on both Manchester City and of course on Newcastle. That said, it's worth me probably having a look at when the fixtures today are taking place. Uh, of course, we have Manchester United against Wolves at 12.30. Uh, and Bournemouth take on Crystal Palace, uh, Fulham take on Southampton, Man City and Newcastle both play at three. So the pressure is going to be on us if Newcastle and Man City both end up uh, getting results in that game. So uh, I think it's something that we need to make sure that we're aware of. Maybe we even get buoyed a little bit by some results going our way. That said, after watching Man City play Leeds, I'm not expecting all that much, to be honest, uh, against Newcastle either, especially with Newcastle being at home, in which they're very, very strong indeed. Uh, and Man City playing uh, against an Everton side that look absolutely terrible. Really, really terrible. So maybe Arsenal will be the ones with the pressure on them to try and open the gap once again and they will be caught by significantly more points than they were at the start of the day. Uh, good morning to everybody joining us in the chat box. Matt G, Steve Stone, PJ Amira. We've got Yomi Granddaddy Guna, um, which I assume is Paul, I think, in the chat box. Uh, Kevin, Temi, Rancid, uh, Pumpkin. We've got Adrian, uh, Temi, Red Star, Keems, Jose, Paul, Blackshine, and uh, plenty more of you guys in the chat too. So good morning, and uh, I hope you had a good week, and I hope you're ready for the weekend. Uh, happy end of 2022 as well. This will be the last show of 2022, and we go into 2023, hopefully, with the channel in a very, very good place. Thank you for all of the support across the year. It means a hell of a lot. And uh, thank you for always making this show a part of your morning routine. We very rarely missed an 8am upload this year. Uh, obviously, we started the 8am shows last year, but uh, this year we've really committed to them. And uh, you guys being a part of this community and part of this morning routine has really made it come to life and become so successful. So thank you. Uh, and it's great that we have first-time listeners as well in the chat box. Um, been a follower for ages. 
first time listener simon thank you so much for tuning in uh live for the first time really appreciate that without further ado let's move on to today's uh stories and stuff so arsenal against brighton today we recorded our preview show yesterday so if you haven't had a chance to check that one out yet please make sure you do i was joined by paul josh and oh why does the names escape me paul josh and Dan, Alpha, joined us. You know, it's it's 8am. I'm still remembering things. <laughs> but Paul, Josh and Alpha both joined us yesterday um, to talk about yesterday, uh, this today's game regarding Brighton. And yesterday we talked through the lineups, the predictions, the team news and all of that stuff. So if you haven't given that a chance, uh, please make sure you do go and give that a listen. Um, it's uh, the latest upload on the channel and we'll give you all of the insight ahead of today's game. Uh, let's move then to... Liverpool winning and Brentford winning. Uh, Valtfez had what was probably mostly the, uh, the the worst Premier League performance or the most unlucky performance of the season, which, to be honest, he's been one of Leicester's better players in a period where they've been very, very poor indeed. But uh, scoring two own goals against Liverpool at Anfield to hand them a victory. Assists, if you want to call them assists, from Nunez and Trent Alexander-Arnold allowing them to get the points in that game. And Ivan Tony and Josh De Silva, former Arsenal player, both getting on the score sheet as that Brentford's turn round a result against West Ham United, who look really, really poor and in a lot of trouble. And as I've been saying for some time, David Moyes needs to be sacked and they need to try and get a fresh start, a clean slate as they try and recover their season. Now, uh, Yusuf uh, Sajad left Arsenal recently. He was our head of emerging talent, and he's joined now Den Bosch in the second tier of the Dutch division, uh, of the Dutch leagues, rather, as their new technical director. He therefore becomes the youngest technical director on the continent, I believe. Europe's youngest technical director at just 30 years of age. Uh, he's done some great work with Arsenal, of course, helping the club um, kind of develop and, and come through some of the, the younger players and, and identifying talent. He'll now join up with not only a, a club which is truly trying to kind of push young development in the Netherlands, but also has taken one of Arsenal's players. Nikolai Moller is on loan at Den Bosch, so he'll have one familiar face as well. So certainly a very interesting story, and we'll be intrigued to see how he develops there after having such a good time at Arsenal with our talent coming through. Now, William Saliba's contract extension has been activated. This means that his contract will not run out in 2023, next year, of course, in just six months' time. Instead, his contract will run out in 2024. This enables Arsenal to have much longer in terms of them trying to renegotiate a contract with Saliba. Mikel Arteta did speak in his press conference. We'll talk about that shortly. But there is hope, there is confidence that he will indeed renew his contract for the long term with Arsenal. But we have activated this kind of insurance policy with the contract, if you like, which we are inserting into a number of our contracts for players this season. But that extension has been activated and so therefore he will stay at Arsenal until at least uh, summer of 2024. As I mentioned, Mikel Arteta did discuss a number of topics during uh, that press conference. One of those was uh, William Saliba. Um, he was asked about whether or not uh, his contract talks are progressing well. Uh, and actually, I think he was asked by my colleague Kai Karnak in the press conference. Uh, he said, I hope so. That's more for Edu and the board to discuss with him. But what I know is that he is, play is really happy and the player wants to be here. And that's the main thing. He was also asked by Kai about him recovering well after giving away a penalty against West Ham and how important it is to secure his future. And he said, we have a few of those where we are willing to extend the contract 
William is one of them. In the months he's been with us, he's shown the quality and the personality he has to play at the level that we want. We are trying to do that because we know that he can be uh, a really important part of our plan. So that's obviously really key that we we renew William Saliba's contract. It's not going to be easy. It's probably going to see his agent ask for a significant pay rise, knowing that some of the biggest clubs in Europe are going to be watching him. We know that PSG have some legitimate interest in the player. So we need to make sure we try and tie him down as soon as we can. Uh, he was also asked about Tommy Asu, and he said, yeah, he's getting closer and closer. He's been training with us, so he's available, which is obviously really good news. He was also asked about Emil Smith-Rowe and how much he, how close he is. He says very much so. He's, he's, he's close. He's made some big steps in the last week or so. He's taken part in a few training sessions lately, and he's looking good. We're looking forward to having him back soon. The hope is that he will be involved in that uh, in that kind of, game against uh, Oxford in the FA Cup. That is the hope that we will have and the hope, of course, that we see uh, him involved in that game to kind of build up his fitness and get involved in the football. Uh, anything else from, obviously, the, the talk about Mudrick? He just said that I cannot talk about the player that are not ours and that's obviously very, very Arteta. That's that's always... Someone has to ask the question because it's just there, but he's never going to give you uh, an answer in that sense either. So I'm not surprised he didn't give us anything in that regard. Now, moving on more towards transfers, uh, Danilo, uh, the Arsenal transfer target of last summer, the Brazilian midfielder of Palmeiras. Uh, Benfica are apparently seeing the 21-year-old Brazilian as Fernandez's replacement. And so Fernandez, of course, the player looks like he will be moving to Chelsea this January window after they try to strike up a 100 million euro plus deal for the Argentinian midfielder that signed for Benfica just six months ago for a fee of around 12 million euros. Unbelievable, really, how crazy his price tag has gone up and what a World Cup can do. I like the player, don't get me wrong. I think he's very, very talented. Um, but is he worth 10 times what he was worth just six months ago? I'm not so sure. Uh, I'm not so sure at all. Uh, moving to uh, Mohamed Kudus. Uh, Arsenal are one of the clubs that are interested in the player. Uh, the Ghanaian international, of course, playing with Thomas Partey at the World Cup this summer. Impressed in the tournament. Very technical, great dribbler uh, and scored a couple of goals as well. Scored plenty of goals, of course, for Ajax and done really, really well. Uh, he is apparently on Arsenal's radar as one of the teams that are interested in him. However, there are a number of other clubs that are, of course, interested. Borussia Dortmund, according to Bild, are one of those teams. But Arsenal are said to be uh, one of the clubs that also have an interest in the player. And lastly, Mahalo Mudrik, uh, or Mahalo Mudrik, I need to get used to pronouncing his name correctly. Uh, Mahalo Mudrik, as a one, the player of the year for Shakhtar Donetsk, the fans voted player of the year for the club. Uh, he jumped onto Instagram and, and obviously left a statement after that. Also said a number of kind of long-term comments about hoping, hoping that we, being Shakhtar Donetsk, have a successful 2023. Whether or not he's, of course, there to have that successful year with them is another question. But the main story regarding Rikala, uh, Mihailo Mudrik is that Chelsea, according to The Guardian, are interested in trying to hijack Arsenal's deal with uh, Shakhtar Donetsk for the player. Now, what it is very, very important to point out here is that Arsenal have already put in a significant amount of um, groundwork on the player. And it might be that Chelsea have um, an interest in Mudrik uh, and that they might look at him as a potential player that they want. Um, I 
Personally, I'm still very optimistic uh, that Arsenal will be able to get Madrid. I'm, I'm, I'm really hopeful. It might be a case of willing it into existence. I don't agree with Troy in the chat box of Arsenal dragging their feet. That is not the case at all. Shakhtar Donets are asking for a very big fee for a player who is not worth 100 million. He's worth a lot of money, don't get me wrong. I think we are going to have to overpay in order to get him. I really want him. I've spent so much time now looking into the player and watching so many clips beyond what just those YouTube compilations offer. And despite the fact that, despite the fact that obviously the YouTube clips make him look unreal, I, I have been fully sold on him now watching so much, comparing him statistically, seeing where he might fit into the team for the next six months and for the long term. There is so much to like about him that I am really, really keen for Arsenal to get this deal done. And I think he would be a crucial part of the team in the next six months, being a finisher for us, being a bit of a killer of games for us. So it would be very disappointing if another team like Chelsea managed to come in on this. I don't know where or how. I know where the money's coming off for Chelsea. I don't quite know how they're managing to justify this amount of spending. They will, Mudrick would effectively be their fourth January signing after they sign Andre Santos uh, from Brazil. Uh, they signed another young player whose name's escaped me, but the chat box, I'm sure, will remind me. They're now looking to try and spend over 100 million euros on Enzo Fernandez, And then you're looking at spending, what, upwards of 60, 70 million euros on, on Mihailo Mudrik. I'm not quite sure how that's possible after they spent 200 odd million plus in the summer. It's it's crazy what Chelsea are kind of doing money-wise, especially with the amount of young players looking at Fafana, thank you, uh, Alexandre Lacazette in the chat box. Um, but uh, yes, Fafana, the striker, was the other one that they brought in too. How they're quite doing that, uh, it's, uh, it's it's kind of crazy. But uh, Mudrik would certainly take their spending close to 250 million, maybe more um, than that after they spent nearly 300, I think maybe even 300 in the summer. So I don't really know how that is going to to change things. But I'm sure we'll talk about more about this and more and your questions in part two. So we're going to do that right after this. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes at McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Okay, um, let's tackle your questions in part two. Apologies if you hear me sniffing at all, by the way, I'm... Um, it's just that time of year where the sniffles are, are attacking at their finest. So uh, <laughs> apologies if you hear any sniffing throughout the second half of today's show. Uh, Lynn, uh, good morning to you. Uh, Tom, with Enzo, uh, Brighton scouted him when Potter was there. So how uh, is he worth this amount of money now? Because Brighton being a mid-table team must have looked at him as a mid-table player. Um, I don't know necessarily that we can say it like that because, I mean, if you look at the players that Brighton have, have bought, Caicedo, McAllister, Trossard, 
um, Tarek Lamptey. These are these are players that are being linked with the biggest clubs um, at the top of the table. So for me, I don't really I don't really see the argument of well, if Brighton are after them, how is it that they're now worth this amount of money? Because these players significantly increase in value after Brighton bring them in. You know, McAllis is worth what ten times what they bought him for around seven million, if that. Caicedo, I think, was bought for a, a silly low fee as well. Trossard, I can't remember how much they bought him for, but I don't believe it to be too much. And he's worth significantly more. He's only got a year left on his contract come the end of the season. I just, I can't get my head around how they're so good at it, other than the fact they must have some brilliant people behind the scenes, but particularly how the value of those players significantly increases. Surely some clubs are, be- are going to become a little bit savvy to the fact that Brighton, of course, can bring these players in for small fees and now they might get charged a bit more. Um, with the reputation they're building. But yeah, it is quite incredible of what they're doing. Um, Aaron says, why does Arsenal make all these problems to get a great player when Arsenal spent 80 million for Nicolas Pepe? What are they up to? I hope they do it to sign him. In short, again, I don't. it's very easy when these types of stories come out for people to suddenly get frustrated and say Arsenal are dragging their heels, Arsenal are being too slow, Arsenal are penny-pinching. That isn't the reality here. Penny-pinching is if you're like, going for a player that's quite a low fee and you want to lowball them a bit. You're not penny-pinching if you've already offered 60-plus million euros for a player with the amount of experience that Mudrick has. The offer that Arsenal put in was well below Shakhtar's 100 million valuation, sure. But it's still a very serious offer that they put in for a player with the amount of experience that he has and the risk that would still be associated with it. It's a very, very good offer. They're not penny-pinching. The situation is that Shakhtar are asking for an insane amount of money and Arsenal are having to work and convince them to bring that price down so that we don't overpay by a significant amount. I think we are going to have to overpay if we want to get him, but to try and get a player that we don't overpay significantly. And also, as I've told you a number of times now, my understanding being that Arsenal do not want Mudrik to become their record signing. They're trying to avoid him costing more than Pepe because it's needless pressure. As soon as you get that tag of being the most expensive player Arsenal have ever bought, you've got that record signing tag. Arsenal's record signing. Here comes Arsenal's record signing. Arsenal are bringing on their record signing. You don't need that. Arsenal want to avoid that description of the player. Um, so, no. Arsenal are not dragging their heels. Uh, Arsenal are very much trying to negotiate a fair price for a player without spending an absolutely silly amount of money on him. Uh, Amira says, when you see the absurd prices clubs are pricing their players at nowadays, do you think that the only thing that can stop them from spoiling the market further is player power? Um, I don't think so, unfortunately, because that's not going to happen. The players don't really have too much sway uh, when it comes to the transfer figures involved. And when you see it and hear from them about how much they cost, they rarely reference that. They say, I can't control that. It's not my fault how much I cost. Uh, you see like Mudrick, for instance, kind of laughing at his own valuation as well in the interviews he's done. He doesn't agree with it. It's not changed anything. Shakhtar are still asking for a very, very silly high amount of money for him. So I don't think it's player power. I think it was. it's ultimately the authorities that have the the ability to curb this type of spending. But it's unlikely that they will because the money involved in the sport benefits them just as much as it benefits the clubs that they're buying them from and the rights, the TV deals and the commercial side of things. I very much doubt that too much restrictions will come in because they still want to see big players move to the big teams and the big money being spent by the big teams because it makes players more attractive, more easily commercialised and all this stuff. So, yeah, I don't think anything is going to be curbed dramatically. And that's a shame, in a sense, because it is getting out of hand and it is meaning 
that Man United can go and spend a silly amount of money on a player like Anthony that just twirls about on a football pitch and isn't really worth 100 million euros. And that then means that a club like Shakhtar Donetsk can just highlight this player and uh, and say, you know, pay. You have to pay the same as, as that because clearly Mudrik is as good as, if not better, than Anthony. And therefore, they can ask for a similar, similar silly amount of money as to what Ajax did. Um Kevin says, uh, in your honest opinion, Bellingham or Enzo for Arsenal midfield, Xhaka and Partey competition, would you say either would be a shock move? Uh, either would be a shock move in January, absolutely, Kevin. Um, I don't think Arsenal will sign either player, unfortunately. I don't see Arsenal signing Bellingham because of the wages associated with the player. And I think Chelsea are probably going to end up getting Enzo. So, uh, no, I don't think Arsenal will get either. Uh, Clell, uh, oh, sorry, Seal. Uh, I see it looks like an L when it comes up on StreamYard. Uh, but CL says, uh, Tom, do you see Mudrick news as just Shakhtar trying to hurry Arsenal up and pay up? And also, you said Chelsea are overpaying for Enzo, while we also would likely be overpaying for Mudrick. Yeah. <laughs> it's factual. Yeah, we would. Both teams would be overpaying. Um, Mudrick, is this a ploy? Is this news being leaked to try and force Arsenal into a move? I listened to the Arscast yesterday. And it was a brilliant kind of summary by James Manicolas uh, talking about do outlets influence the market that much when they report these stories? He believes not that much. He also believes that, you know, when reported these these stories come from good places, I'm I'm not as trusting. I'm <laughs> just not as as trusting of a person, I guess. Um, I think sometimes, unfortunately, there are stories that are red herrings, um, which are a shame. Is this a little bit maybe of a sign that information has been sent out to suggest that another team could hijack the deal to try and hurry Arsenal along, or you know, panic them into a uh, into a potential higher bid for the player? I don't know. Is the honest answer. I honestly don't know. I wouldn't be able to tell you if it was. But it wouldn't be a surprise if that was the case. But I, I can't tell you categorically if that's the case. Will it affect Arsenal's stance? I don't think so. I think Arsenal will continue to try and get the player for the, what they want. I think they're confident that the player really wants to move to them. Um, he's been very open about the idea of moving to Arsenal. The interviews, the posting on social media, that's definitely helping them. And in their corner that they know that's not going to be a problem in terms of the player side of things. Hopefully this is a deal that we can do quickly. But I mean, I've spoken to a number of people now that are, you know, journalists and, and close in this kind of field. And they feel that it's one of those where it will drag on just because of what Shakhtar Donetsk are like as a club. Not because of what Arsenal do, but because of what Shakhtar Donetsk are like as negotiators. This could indeed um, drag on. I saw a report yesterday saying that it was a meeting scheduled on the 9th of January to discuss. I can't remember where I saw that. I saw that pop up on my timeline yesterday. That seems kind of mad, um, if that's the case. I also saw another report saying that they feel that 75 million euros is enough, which is less than the 72 million pounds that Arsenal played for Pepe. That 75 million euros as a package deal might be enough to get the deal done. So let's see uh, what happens in the next few days or so. Uh, James says, what are your 2023 aspirations for your YouTube channel, journalism career, and of course, the Arsenal? Well, for Arsenal, it's of course for them to win the league. I would love that to happen at minimum, finish as high up the table as possible and fingers crossed get a trophy. That would be great. I think a great season, you know, a, a good season for Arsenal is winning a trophy um, and getting into that top four. It's a good season. An amazing, great season, obviously, is if we can try and challenge for this title. Uh, if we can do that genuinely and consistently and keep the longevity of this challenge going to the end of the season, amazing. Um, so that's Arsenal. Journalism career, to, to be better, um, to broaden my 
horizons to improve my writing, improve my talking, improve my contact base. You know, networking is always important to get to as many games as possible, get better with my questioning. I really want to ask questions that promote a really good response from Arteta and the players when I get the opportunity to speak to them. That's a big thing for me is I really want to get better with my question uh, creativity. That's kind of my personal goal for 2023. And that could start today when I go to Brighton and hopefully um, get involved with some of the questioning a little bit later on at the Amex Stadium. And then in terms of the YouTube channel, I think 50K we are looking at as the target. We're hoping that we can all as a community build this channel towards 50K. And I said, if we get to 50K, hopefully we can do a live show in London. That would be pretty cool and get to meet as many of you guys as as possible coming down to watch the show. That would be amazing if we could do that and uh, and get a great group of people to, to do a panel show with, uh, of course, plenty of familiar faces that you're used to seeing as well. Um, so that's kind of that. But thanks for the question, James. Really kind of you to ask such a personal one. Um, Azad says, should we put in a bid for the player like Liao to show that we have options to try and lower the price tag? I don't think that's going to put off Shakhtar, Azad. I get your theory. I get what you're saying. If you're, if you're Shakhtar, you know that a club is going to come in and pay big money for Mudrik one day, whether it's Arsenal, whether it's someone else in the summer. And I think they'd like to keep him until the summer, to be honest. They're not top of the table in the Ukrainian league. They're currently second, I still believe, in the Ukrainian Premier League. Um, I'll do a quick check on that. But they need to finish in those Champions League places. Um, they need to finish... Um, it, in the top spot because it gives them the ability to qualify for the Champions League. At the moment, Denit Pro top, having won 11 games, drawn two, lost one. Shakhtar are five points behind, having played a game less than Denit Pro. They need to finish in that top spot, really, to help them with the Champions League qualification and hopefully get them through. I know you get to, you can get two teams, I think, going through, but it gives you a better progression through the qualification rounds, finishing in top spot in the Ukrainian Premier League. So, they will want to make sure that they do that um, and not finish uh, outside of the top two as a minimum. And Mudrik being there is a big, big part of that. So they will want to keep him until the end of the season. Money's really key to them. Qualifying for the Champions League is absolutely imperative. And also they've got a Europa League campaign as well. Uh, Peter Capelli says, what are your top five songs this year? And are they all by Foles? Well, they're not all by Foles. I know I've got a Foles vinyl sitting right there. Um, and I think... No, there's not. There's one below me as well down there, but uh, they're not all fo- they're not all foes. But definitely, uh, definitely, wake me up is is one um, from foes, which was featured in my wedding day uh, events. That was the song that played as we walked into the the, uh, the setting for the meal uh, on on the speakers. So that's definitely one. Uh, Subfocus will definitely have a couple. So Subfocus. Um, the thing is, when I play these songs. Uh, off the ground is the song name. Uh, to go through all five would be a lot, but sub focus off the ground, which I think I've sent to to Peter before to play here during one of his DJ sets in a bar, which is quite funny. Uh, Explorer by Degs is another. You've seen Degs on the channel before. Uh, he's a Hospital Records uh, DJ and uh, he's a singer as well, a rapper. He does some fantastic work. Um, so yeah, Explorer by Degs and Makoto. I'm trying to think beyond that. Um, Graphics also produced another fantastic song, Somewhere. If you have not heard that, Somewhere by Graphics is also very good. And a fifth song, I'm trying to think of five. I'll tell you what, it's a really tough question to come up with five of the year. Um, fifth song, did Close Your Eyes by Wilkinson come up this year? I think it did. So I'll go with Close Your Eyes by Wilkinson as number five. So there's your five songs. Wake Me Up, Off the Ground, Somewhere, Explorer, 
and Close Your Eyes by Wilkinson. There's your five songs. Go listen to them uh, if you have another chance. <laughs> We've lost 40 viewers in the space of me answering that question, so I feel as though people aren't appreciating the tangents <laughs> that we're going on for this show. Uh, Ween says, we need more than one player, but it's the January window, not the summer window, so is getting one player fair? I think Arsenal need two, Ween. ultimately. I think two needs to be the focus. We need to get in one wide player, and it's either a centre midfielder or a striker. That that is where the 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 areas of, of strength that need to happen. I think I'd prefer two forwards. That's kind of my my number one. I'd rather see two forwards come in, um, but we'll have to wait and see. Uh, Gabenga says hi, Tom. Shakhtar are quiet right now, and I think silence is a good thing, knowing Arsenal how Arsenal like to do business. The next breaking news will be that Mudrik is arriving in London, Colney for a medical. I hope you're right, Gabenga. I really hope you are. Uh, Byron says, Tom, if you had to choose Mudrik for seventy million or Pedro Neto for fifty million, who would you choose? Uh, Mudrik, without a shadow of a doubt, he has convinced me beyond all measure that he is the right player for Arsenal to go to. I love what I've seen of him. I love kind of doing the research on him. He has been fantastic. So yes, absolutely has to be Mudrik beyond anyone else at this stage. Asmarom says, Tom, last season we lost Bruno and Kulisevsky during the January window. While we have all the groundwork and this summer, Enzo was linked to us. We don't make the same mistake. Enzo, it's just, I'm sorry, guys. Enzo is not going to happen. So if your hope is Enzo is going to happen this winter, it's just not. 120 million euro buyout clause. Arsenal just aren't going to be looking to do that. It really is not going to happen. Uh, Steve says, Arsenal have no influence on how Chelsea acts. I feel long-term it affects us more to get involved in a bidding war, put in a second bid for them, and then surely walk away if it's declined. Arsenal have been in daily conversations with Shakhtar. There is not a day that goes by that the clubs do not communicate about trying to negotiate a deal. That, for me, is is, is just the, the norm. It happens all the time. Official bids go in when they feel as though they can make that next step. Arsenal have gone in with a good bid. It's been rejected. And now there's discussions over what they might accept in the future about the potential structure of a deal. Um, for instance, if our season continues to go well and we maintain our challenge for the title, do you anticipate that mind games between Mikel and Pep could potentially materialise? Or oh, the best of friends, not so good friends anymore. Maybe. Maybe we start seeing them. That'd be really interesting. Um Amberle says, how can anyone blame Edu for Shakhtar being horrible to negotiate with? I don't know. I don't, who's blaming Edu in this scenario? I think Arsenal have been very good in this situation so far. They've put in a good offer and fingers crossed we can hopefully get the deal done. As I said at the start of the show, if you think that Arsenal are dragging their heels or being too slow or not being aggressive enough, I'm sorry, but that just isn't the case with this one. Just not the case with this deal so far. Um, let's go down a little bit more. Uh, mine says, do you like Mudrick as much as you like Buendia? No, I like him more. <laughs> so I'll be very, very angry. Not angry. I won't be as angry as I, th I think that was kind of a period where, you know, the end of last season sucked. Really, really did suck. I, I, I can't put into words how, not the end of last season. Yeah, no, the end of last season really sucked. Couldn't, I hated it. I hated the end of last season. I really struggled with it. Um, and so seeing you know, the likes of Buendia, and I know, I think it was, was it back in 2021 that Buendia signed? You know, despite all of that, and despite um, us not signing him, uh, I was so gutted with the eighth place finish. I was gutted with finish outside of Europe and that it was going to be a season where we needed to respond. And so when we didn't sign a, a key target at the time in terms of Buendia, 
you know, that was a big, big hit. Um, and I got, it really got under my skin that Aston Villa were the team that seemingly outed us. Now, thankfully, we got Martin Erdegaard, who I, from the start, always wanted to see Arsenal sign. I wanted to see Arsenal sign both Buendia and Erdegaard because I thought Buendia would be a really good competitive option on the right-hand side for Saka. But Erdegaard, you know, has been world-class for Arsenal since we brought him in. He's developed into a world-class player. Um, but with Mudrik, I, I think I've matured since 2021 I don't think I would get you know unless it was like Spurs came in and outbid us for him or something silly like that that's the only time that I think I would have a problem but uh yeah I just can't see me getting that angry <laughs> about a transfer again uh Gigi Two Fuses thank you for the birthday message my son Shakira. you made his day uh you may just have made the next generation of supporters of your channel there thanks Todd no problem I mean, it's a brilliant name. Shakiri, one of the best Swiss footballers of all time. Um, zone, uh, last couple of questions. Tom, does it annoy you, Arsenal, triggering the two-year contract clause extension? Uh, for me, it gives, for me, just give him a five-year contract, solve the situation. Zone, if only it were that simple. Plus, A, it's a one-year contract extension to 2024, because obviously his contract would have finished in 2023, so it's a one-year contract extension. And whilst we can sit there and say, why didn't we just give him a five-year? They're trying to do that. They are trying to renew his contract for, I imagine, probably a three-year extension to take him through until 2026. I imagine that's what will happen. Uh, fingers crossed. But no, it doesn't annoy me because that's not the situation at all. Um, Football Focus says, thoughts on Saliba's yellow card? Getting one against Brighton will surely help. What are your thoughts? That means he would miss. Wouldn't it mean he would miss the game against Newcastle? I think it would. I think that would it help? I'd rather he just didn't get a yellow card. He's managed to avoid a yellow card for the last five games in a row, I think. So he doesn't need to get a yellow card. He can just try and avoid them altogether. But of course, it would mean that he'd definitely be available for the game against Spurs. So that's certainly one to consider and think about. Anyway, we're going to wrap things up there. Uh, thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. It means a hell of a lot. Uh, leave your top five songs of the year that have come out, as Peter's been asking in the chat box, uh, in the comment section below. Um, and of course, I'll be back with you tomorrow morning to give you a reaction to today's game against Brighton and, of course, round off any transfer news that comes through. Potentially, we might do what we did the other day when we did the transfer show in the morning and then a reaction a little bit later on the day because I am off tomorrow. Um, so, yeah, there's plenty to discuss and talk about tomorrow after the game and the rest of the transfer news that is to come as well. Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in over the course of 2022. Uh, and thank you, of course, as always, for dropping your likes and subscribing and supporting the channel and becoming members for those that have done that and sent in super chats and super thanks and all the stuff that's helped us create what this is. I mean, if you think about it, at the start of this year, the background behind me was blank. We didn't have this microphone set up. I, you know, we weren't able to do some of the things that we've been able to do on the channel. I wasn't a full-time Arsenal reporter either. That's happened in this year. It's been a very good 2022. Um, and, you know, it's not been perfect. Um, it's, you know, bad things have happened on a personal level, on a, on a professional level for a lot of reasons. Uh, you never get a perfect year. But 2022 has been uh, a very, very, I think, overall, a very good year for, for the channel, for me, uh, and for Arsenal, uh, which is obviously the most important thing. And uh, hopefully 2023 can be even better. Enjoy your New Year's celebrations, if you are indeed celebrating tonight. And fingers crossed, most of all, we hope to enjoy Arsenal grabbing all three points to make it a perfect end to the year as well. Have a good one. I'll see you in 2023. Have a great day. And as always, up the Arsenal. 
it's the 90 plus minute. All your mates are around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your delivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.